Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We just form a fucking wall. O'Neal deep on the post, lots of contact there. Oh, what a block by Wallace! What a jump ball! He's down four, 12 8, 7 38 to play the first one. First from Rodney, stuck into the rim! Reggie inside for Andre, and a dynamite dunk! Pistons fans, hello and welcome to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Brendan Johnson, Aaron Johnson, Ryan Pay, all here with you this week to discuss, well, our kind of pitiful basketball team here in Detroit. But boys, everything going well this week? The Pistons continue to trend, hopefully, to better draft position as the days go on how we doing boys you know i would i would say that i'm doing well but i heard uh that my two co-hosts here alongside me have been talking some ish about me having a good time last night i hear and uh you know that's okay well i'll bring the fire today and uh we'll, we'll talk afterwards so salty. Get over yourself, Aaron. Yeah. So self-righteous. Such Thinking, a, all we talk about is him. I know. Okay. Take like, it easy. Such a such a youngin' over here. It's all right. All I get guy. it. I get He's it. He's just mad his 2K player is a 79 and can't get any better. That's, oh. that's Aaron's problem. Yeah, I got to yeah. dump a bunch of like VC into like making my guy better. Just bought the uh, $100 pack of 450 <laughs> <laughs> Is there a $250 pack? Because I might need that. Ryan, what's your player? Uh, he's a 93. Oh. What's yours, Aaron? Oh. Uh, I think he's like an 83, 84. Wow. 84, Big 84. discrepancy, though. Big discrepancy. The difference between 84 and 93 is tremendous. So. Yeah. Absolutely tremendous. It's we, going, know, we know who the real 2K player is here. That's hey. going from like a, uh, that's going from like a, I don't know, Damian Lillard to a, um, I don't know, uh, what's up? What's up? Um, Spencer Dinwiddie, maybe? Spencer Dinwiddie. Pretty big difference, yeah. Whatever, it's okay. I, hey, grind now, shine later. I'm gonna get there, and uh, I'm gonna get there. Don't let's. I'm just gonna leave it at that. All bright, right. bright future ahead. But I get, I get it. You guys gotta talk your ish. I get it. Maybe we did make fun of your player last night, though. Maybe that did happen it, when we were out. It but. might have happened. I don't know. You might have had to be downtown Detroit to find out. But anyways, moving on. Let's talk maybe something positive. Uh, The Brooklyn Nets have pretty much decided that DeAndre Jordan is their starting center going forward, and it's resulted in Jared Allen coming off the bench. Does this this make Jared Allen a potential trade option for teams across the league? And if so, with his value being diminished a little bit, does Detroit take a look at bringing Jared Allen to town? Now, of course, Christian Wood has been playing great basketball lately. You know, I mean, seriously, he's been playing really good basketball, scoring the ball, rebounding the ball, stepping up to the plate while given the opportunity. But does that mean Detroit does not do their due diligence and try to put together a package to bring Jarrett Allen to Detroit? Does that mean we officially move on from Christian Wood? I Can think, the two coexist? Look, I think the Pistons would be dumb not to look at trying to get Jarrett Allen. I mean, this is a guy that would absolutely fit their timeline at just 21 years of age. He's 6'11 with a 7'6 wingspan, and he's being cast out by the Brooklyn Nets right now in a, in, a, in a kind of pathetic move by the franchise after firing Kenny Atkinson. 
don't tell me it's not because of the thought process of Kyrie Irving and maybe even Kevin Durant, even though Durant at the press conference when he was introduced by the Brooklyn Nets said that he was a big fan of Kenny Atkinson, but this is a this is a move by the Brooklyn Nets franchise to coddle their stars and let the stars run the show. It's as simple as that. This is what the decision is, and Jared Allen is one of those guys that isn't favored by uh, Kyrie Irving. Kyrie was talking about early in the year the young core that the Brooklyn Nets have. He talked about Spencer Dinwiddie. He talked about uh, you know some of the other guys on their roster, uh, Karis LeVert, another name. But he specifically left out Jared Allen, who has a ton of promise, and, and isn't a you know a guy that's going to go put up ginormous numbers, but a very good rim protector. He's averaged nearly a double double this season at 11 points and nine and a half rebounds per game. He averages over an assist per game, over a block per game. A very efficient shooter from the field, even though he doesn't spread the floor or anything. He's you know a rim rim runner. Or, pick and roll guy in that regard but a guy that played under 26 minutes and had that production at 21 years of age in his third season is being cast away and is now being moved to the bench in favor of 30 plus year old DeAndre Jordan who's on the back legs of his career has not been very good for the past year a couple years now maybe and has no business playing over Jarrett Allen. Remember, and, and we said this last week on the podcast, the only reason that DeAndre Jordan is on the Brooklyn Nets is because Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant required him to be part of any free agent signing. You know, they said, we'll come to Brooklyn, we're bringing DeAndre Jordan with us. And DeAndre Jordan got a pretty large contract at $10 million per year for four years to come along and come off the bench. I mean, I guess he's starting now, but you signed a bench player on the a center nonetheless. Not a very important position in today's NBA, especially backup wise. And you sign him for ten million dollars a year. What Brooklyn is doing is mind boggling after so many great decisions by Sean Marks and the head coaching position of Kenny Atkinson. Those two guys were, were such good hirings initially and, and everything looked promising and now after a season where their two best players have been out, they decide to move on from the head coach, and now they're benching their, their their young center prospect, but the Pistons would be smart to go after Jarrett Allen. Some view Christian Wood as a power forward. I view Wood as a guy that can play the four and the five. But the problem is, you have Sekou Boya. He's been playing a lot of minutes at the four. Now I think, if you're able to get Jarrett Allen... You, make, you develop Sekou more so as a three, which he can play. You let Christian Wood play a power forward. And then you have Jared Allen. And, and that's very, very intriguing. It's interesting. It has a lot of exciting potential. And, and you go from there. I mean, obviously you have some other spots on the roster. Uh, Bruce Brown, Luke Kennard, your first-round draft pick, whatever it may be. But Jared Allen being an addition to this team that's entering a rebuild would be really, really interesting. And it's something that, well, you kept Derrick Rose around. Brooklyn, obviously, they're leaning on veterans and they want to build a veteran team. I'm sure that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant would welcome a guy like Derrick Rose. And, and maybe that's a trade chip that you have so that in the summer, say, look, 
Jared Allen isn't part of your core. You're looking to add another veteran that can provide value for you. We have Derek Rose. Let's begin discussions and see where it goes. I think that's worthwhile. 100%, Aaron. You have to do your due diligence if you're Ed Stefanski and his team. You have to. Brooklyn, I like you said, I don't know what's going on there. Years of building a culture, building a young core, only to really throw it all away. Mm-hmm. I get It's Kevin Durant. I get it. And it's Kyrie Irving. I get it. But all that building, to just give up on it and hand the keys over to the players... It's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting way to go about business. It, it's especially a, when you've invested so much time and effort into it. Right. It's a move to want to win, and when you have a guy like Kevin Durant in town, you, you, I think you have to oblige. You know, the thing is, I think it's more so Kyrie Irving. It's, it's not a secret that every franchise Kyrie Irving goes to goes through dissension. Cleveland, a lot of problems there. I mean, obviously, he demanded a trade out of Cleveland. After winning Does he want to reunite with Ty with LeBron James. <laughs> Does he want to reunite with Ty Lue, though? He goes to Boston. Dissension. They I wasn't struggle. kidding about that. Oh, well, I, I think I've already seen that circulating on Twitter, is that he wants Ty Lue to become the next head coach in Brooklyn. But, I mean, wherever he goes, there's dissension. There's issues. And, and I don't think that's a coincidence. I think it's because Kyrie Irving, for as talented of a player as he is, and as smart of a person as he is, is also a head case. And he, and he brings those issues to the forefront in situations like this. Mm-hmm. And again, this was all foreshadowed earlier in the season when Irving went out and named members of the Nets Young Corps and left out Jared Allen. You know, this was already foreshadowed to us. And, and for the Pistons, this is where they have to look to capitalize on a franchise stuck at the reins of their superstars and pounce and bring in, again, a 21-year-old center that produces as a defensive anchor and fits with your team in the long run. Right. I honestly love Jared Allen. I am a huge fan of Jared Allen. And that is, you have, that Pistons have to do their due diligence on Mm -hmm. this. Aaron, great point with the Derrick Rose trade ship piece. I think that's very enticing to a team Uh, that's looking to win now with veterans, with their stars kind Mm -hmm. of calling the shots. That's a great uh, backup point guard for them to have. And a guy that, when you talk about having a guy like Derrick Rose, he's just another guy that might be able to help recruit some free agents, some mid-tier guys that could help them win to Brooklyn to put them over the top. It's a win-win for both teams. Both teams are put in the position they want to be in. The Pistons growing for the long term, the Nets winning now. It makes sense. Does Christian Wood immediately become not an option, though, if we go get Jared Allen? Can the two coexist? Would Christian Wood re-sign in Detroit? I I honestly don't see why not. I agree with Aaron. I think Christian Wood is a four and a five. So him moving and playing stretch four isn't some big issue to me. I think he fits in there very well. So, So then you look at the roster, though, of next year you still have Blake Griffin. And, and what do you do with Sekou Dumbuya? Are you moving Sekou to the three? Is that where he's staying? Are we developing him at the three? Like, does he play the three and the four? Do you, do I you, think, you have to just get flexible with your lineups? I think either way, and it's been needed this year, Sekou needs to be playing minutes at the three either way. Yeah. I mean, we've kind of talked about a lot of people view Christian Wood as strictly a four. I don't. I think 
given time, Wood has gotten better at playing the five. And, and I, I think we've actually seen a lot of growth in the recent recent weeks to, with him playing center. And I'm still a fan of small ball. I'm still a fan of the small ball and running him as a small ball five. The guy can shoot. He can still rebound the basketball. I get it's it's some, more so can he anchor a defense? Right, and, and that's the thing. I it's, get that, but again, he's getting better. And, and you have Blake Griffin anyway. Are you going to bench Blake Griffin for Sekou Boy at the four spot? If if anything, if this franchise has told us anything. It is said that they're committed to the veterans, which is why I'm not even like I don't even think it's a possibility that the Pistons will trade Derrick Rose right now. Just the way that they continue to talk about him, um, but it, it's something that they should do. But you go in to the offseason, you're able to get Jared Allen, and, and obviously you still have Blake Griffin. So Blake Griffin is probably your starting four come next season. But you can then either start Christian Wood and bring Jared Allen off the bench. Or, and again, this is something we mentioned last week, you're probably looking to trade Blake Griffin either way. I was going to say, is Bla- are we sure Blake Griffin is here to begin the Can season? Can I be honest? And that's that's the thing that's so disappointing. Like, Blake Griffin is really just kind of like, I don't know, it, it, it'd be like a nuisance to have him. It's like you need him to go. And that's so unfair to Blake because Blake still did some tremendous things in Detroit. And I don't want that to get overlooked. I don't want that to get forgotten. And if and nothing else, he was a great sport about everything. Yeah. Everything. Everything. He still is. It. He, he still is. is. He's still he at the still games, communicating, is a leading. great sport, just a great teammate and a great person about all of it. But it's just it's just not it's just not it, meant to be a It's just trade. not where it, it's not it's not where it was at the beginning of the year where yep. hey, we think we can put something together to win. That's just not the goal anymore. Right. And Blake Griffin be. is part of a team that's looking for that. Right. Not a not part of a team that's looking three, four years down the road. And I know and I know, Aaron, you've talked about Blake being the the quote unquote Kevin Love of the rebuild. But the problem is Detroit has guys that that can be playing those minutes. Cleveland's got a lot of young guards. Their guards are getting better, playing a lot of minutes. Detroit has, between Christian Wood and Sekou, and, and even if you're still trying to give a guy like Thon an opportunity, right, and, Dante Hall. And if, you, like, if you were able to go get a Jared Allen, right. if, but like, then like, you've got that logjam there. You've got, you've got post players that need the minutes. You don't have, you know, 30. What's he gonna, if he comes back and starts next year, was he going to 32 minutes a night, 33 minutes a night? That's probably what he's playing. Blake, 27. It's like, well, do they try to stretch him to 32, 33? You know, are they trying to win? Like, you don't have, even you don't even have 27 minutes available. I know. And that's not, and that's not, like, that's not because Blake shouldn't get those minutes. It's just that it, it's just not what's best for the organization. And sometimes, even if, if that's what it takes, it, it's what's best for the Pistons. We cannot let Blake Griffin... It, Blake Griffin's not been a Piston long enough and done enough great things in his tenure in Detroit where you can let him ride out. Like, it, it, you follow baseball, right? If you follow Detroit baseball, you look at a guy like Miguel Cabrera, right? Cabrera passed his prime. Now, will he have a better year this year, down 25 pounds and looking like he might be able to like run the first base again? We'll see. But the point is... That's a guy that's going to ride out his contract in Detroit, and he's 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 a Detroit guy. Like you're not going to trade Miguel Cabrera, even if somebody wanted him. 
Like, I would be opposed to it. I think he's a tiger for life, right? He came here after, you know, from that Marlins trade, and you don't, you don't, you don't lose him. He rides it out because he's the triple crown. He's the guy that's gotten to the World Series. He, he's the MVP face of the Detroit Tigers, right? Through the good and the bad. Blake was good for one year here. And, and that's not to like sound like a jerk, but he had one real season. Blake's not a lifetime piston. He'll be remembered as a Clipper anyways. He'll be remembered for his early years in the Clippers. Put him in an organization that he can go win. Or, or even if it's another middle-of-the-road organization that wants to take a chance on him and sees him as an opportunity to help them step forward. It's just not for a team that's trending towards a top three pick in the NBA draft. I still think a team like Portland may get desperate enough this offseason to trade for, for Griffin. But back to the main point of where I was trying to go is you go into next season with Jared Allen on your roster, you have Christian Wood. I'd assume you still have Blake Griffin because I don't know if a team is taking on Griffin and his contract in the offseason considering the play, the level of play he played at this year and the injury he's had. And then you have Sekou, and it's a logjam, no doubt about it. Uh-huh. But again, the goal would be to trade Blake Griffin, and maybe Jared Allen has to come off the bench or Christian Wood has to come off the the bench for the first, you know, until December 15th when everyone becomes trade eligible. And that kind of sucks, but if you're thinking long-term, then you, you got to do it, mm-hmm. you know, if you're thinking long-term. Right, because the other thing that comes into play here if Blake Griffin's still on the roster and he's playing anywhere from 25 to 30 minutes a night, you know Dwayne Casey's going to run that offense centered around giving the ball to Blake, running those isos, post-ups in the short corner, Blake go to work. Well, the thing Are we is, still going to make Blake the main and the, uh, you piece know, of the centerpiece you know of the offense? You know he's going to. We know he's going to. That's the other problem. In the most ideal situation, Blake Griffin's starting and playing 25 minutes per game max, which then allows Jared Allen and Christian Wood to both play around 30 minutes per game. Right. And then Sekou's getting pretty much all of his minutes at the three three spot. Maybe he's getting a few at the four spot. And then your guard situation is Luke Kennard, Bruce Brown, fingers crossed. It's your weekly Killian Hayes mention. And then you have you know, whatever else. But your core is out there. And in that scenario, your core's getting a lot of minutes. Right. I don't think the Pistons do that, but in, in an ideal world where I'm running the franchise, that's how my team is being run. Yes, I'm playing Blake Griffin because he's on my roster. And, and am I going to have some other veterans? Yeah, I mean, Tony Snell's going to be on this team next year. He's going to be in the rotation. Yep. He provides some value, uh, and I get that. But I just laid out a blueprint for... My two, my two bakes to get about 30 minutes a night. Sekou's getting a lot of minutes. And then my guards will have all the time in the world on the court. Even if, Kill, you know, Killian Hayes is who the Pistons draft. Even if he comes off the bench, he's still going to get a lot of minutes. Because I have Luke Kennard at the two spot. I have Bruce starting at the one. Well, Bruce can slide over to the two. And Luke can play some three. And Killian can be the one. Killian can play the two. You have versatility. It's all right out in front of you for this right. team to kind of mess around with their core. Play their young guys. Move them at different positions. See where they succeed. See which guys fit together. I mean, but but full circle, going back full circle, Jarrett Allen is absolutely a guy that the Pistons 
should be inquiring about, especially since it seems like this is setting up to where a team is able to nab him for something that isn't of ginormous value to the team sending out mm-hmm. said piece or pieces. Right. So we could go in a couple different directions here. And we have a few things we want to hit on throughout the podcast. But I think what makes sense, you just kind of laid out the the roster for Detroit next year. Uh, and let's say in, the, in theory that they go trade for Jared Allen. It would be nice if they could do a D-Rose for Jared Allen straight up, just swap. But let's say this happens, right? You have to look at your second unit, guys coming back. You talk about some veterans on the roster. Well, how about guys like Brandon Knight and John Henson, who you just acquired at the deadline this year? Do you re-sign those guys? Do the, either of them have some value? I mean, they've they've both contributed during their time so far here in Detroit. And again, contributed to a team that's losing, which is exactly what we want them to do. And uh, in theory, it's kind of what we want them to do next year to try to position for another solid draft pick. But uh, are, are we... Are we thinking that there's a value to to re-signing them, to filling out your roster? Or are we trending in just youth movement? Let's get Jordan Bone up here. Let's get Dante Hall up here. Let's get some other young pieces. We don't need these guys. I'm not opposed to it, honestly. I think Henson provides some decent value. And let's say they do let's say they trade for Jared Allen and they don't trade for Jared Allen. Does your answer differ? Honestly, probably not. I mean John Henson's a backup center. And the Pistons, you know, when John Henson's on the court, they look a little, they, they, you know, they don't look like they don't have a center on the court. I would prefer John Henson over re-signing a Thon Maker. Let's let's put it that way. And that's a, a John Henson's a guy that's not going to take up salary cap. He's a, a minimum kind of contract guy. And, and Brandon Knight's kind of in the same boat. He's a, a guy that can play the one or the two. Now, if you're going into next season with Derrick Rose still on the roster, and you draft Gillian Hayes, or you draft another point guard, and you have Bruce Brown, and you're going to play him at some point guard. Are they, though? Because Dwayne Casey's talking about I, how he's I not. I still don't think. I mean, again, you look at the Sacramento game last night. Bruce Brown handling the basketball, and the team goes on a run and, and comes back. It's like right in front of you that Bruce Brown is a point guard. I have to think that the team is going to realize that at some point and reevaluate that at some point. If you have already have three point guards on the roster, I'm probably going to say no to Brandon Knight, even though I like him. I like what he's brought to the table. Now, if they move Derrick Rose or, or they draft Anthony Edwards and they have another guard spot available and they're not going to bring up Jordan Bone, who I didn't even mention, then sure, I guess. But I think when you look at the priority list, Jordan Bone is a much higher priority than Brandon Knight. Jordan Bone needs to be on the main roster next year. I mean, you spent draft compensation to get, get him. Jordan Bone. Yeah. You need to give him an opportunity. And you have Bruce Brown, and you can draft a point guard, and you still have Derrick Rose. So I'm not sure there's a huge opportunity for Brandon Knight. But I like what John Henson brings. And another veteran that you can bring here near that the Pistons just brought in was Jordan McRae, who's had 15 points and then 14 points in two games with the team. He's been solid, but not a guy that needs to be on this roster next year because, again, you can take young guys. You can take flyers on young guys. McCray is 29 now, I believe, or maybe he's still 28, turning 29 in a few weeks, whatever it is. 
But if, if I had to retru- we'll hold on to one of those guys, it'd be Henson. If I had to hold on to two of those guys, it'd be Henson and then Knight. In agreement with your number one, I would bring back John Henson. Much I'd much prefer him on a minimum deal than I want Thon back. Yeah. It's just a fact. I have no problem with John Henson on the floor. I actually like John Henson on the floor. For a losing team that needs some sort of veteran presence, I think he provides a great presence for these young guys. Um, he's not, you know, a total just black hole out there. He can produce a little bit. I'm fine with bringing back John Henson on some sort of, you know, veteran. If it's not the minimum, it's, you know, it's closer to yeah, a, very you know, reasonable, a reasonable, reasonable contract. Reasonable I'm fine with that. Aaron, a name you keep not mentioning in draft prospects that I just keep getting hot on again. Denny Advia. I'm, I love him. I, oh, I you trust know me. I, I think I've been on the Denny train the whole time. You realize, like, I'm not opposed to Killian Hayes, but I've never jumped on to Killian because I've, I've been a Denny guy. Ryan, and I'll give Ryan the credit. Ryan's the guy that really brought Denny to the forefront for me as we talked probably two months ago about this. Maybe even further back than It might have been farther back, yeah. And, and Ryan brought him to the forefront, and I'm like, gosh, yeah, I mean, you're right. And I'm like, I'm watching highlights, and I'm just occasionally checking in, like, not Denny, you know, Adia, whatever. Just checking it out. And it's like, I'm still, like, a big, big, big fan I, of that draft pick. I'm a believer in Denny. Um, but, of course, it could go a million ways. See, if, if Jared Allen's on this roster next year and Derek Rose isn't, it, do they draft Killian Hayes? Do they not? You know, what are they doing? Um, so, let's, at that point, Derek Rose is not on the roster. Who are the point guards on the roster? Kind of, sort of, Bruce Brown, maybe a little bit, which we agree, he's a point guard, but Dwayne right. Casey says he's not. So, kind of, sort of, maybe. And then Jordan Bone. You need you need some sort of veteran presence there, I think, even if you do draft Killian Hayes. So, I'm not opposed to bringing back Brandon Knight. Because if you really want to, you could slide Bruce Brown to playing more of the two and just let Brandon yeah. Knight handle the backup one spot. If Derrick Rose is not on the roster, then you bring Jordan Bone up as your third point guard. And you know that somebody's going to get hurt over the course of the year. You're going to have to spread your minutes, and he'll get an right. opportunity. And if Derrick Rose is on the roster next year, I don't think you bring him back. Because right. if you do draft Killian Hayes, you've got Derrick Rose, Killian Hayes, kind of sort of Bruce Brown, and Jordan Bone. And that's what needs to take precedent at that point over right. Brandon Knight. Now, who are your backup two guards? Because you have Luke starting. Who's your backup two guards? Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown. And after so does, that. So does that give you an opportunity to bring back Brandon Knight and just let him play a combo guard role just like Bruce does? Just throwing that out there. I think a lot of it's dependent on what they do with the draft pick. It yeah. really is. Because it really yeah, is. For sure. Anthony Edwards is a two. Right. Killian Hayes is a one. Well if they Denny's and, a, and if they draft probably a three. If they draft three. Anthony Edwards, does that mean Luke Kennard hits the trade block again, like right away? I don't know. I mean, do him and do Luke. Do you need two six five shooting guards? That's what I'm saying. If if Anthony Edwards was six seven, you could play both Luke and Anthony at the same time. Or if Luke was six seven, like it'd be different. But I mean, oh, it, we just we we forgot about Svima Highland. We have Svi. Yeah, that's the other guy who's going to be behind. Uh, He's a backup two right is now. Is he a right? backup two right now? Because if if you're playing Seku at the three next year with Tony Snell backing him up, or vice versa, and I could totally see Dwayne totally Casey's, see Tony Snell you know, starting. Oh yeah, absolutely. But, but it's just so you've got Svi, okay? But if you if know, Anth- if the Pistons were to land that number one pick and Anthony Edwards is taken, that very much tells me, or even before that, if they land the number one pick, 
my gut tells me they're going to be shopping Luke Kennard again. Yeah. Or do you, do you shop that number one pick to move back to like three or four and try to acquire something else, something else with it? Do you think Detroit gets gets gutsy and does that, or do you think they just take who they want at number one and solidify their pick? See, it's hard for me because obviously it's tough to turn down a guy like Anthony Edwards just because of his pure bucket getting abilities. Like I get that, I see it. The shot making is very special. I just there is something about Killian Hayes that says he needs he needs to be a piston, and I and I like Denny too. Those are two, those are Killian's my one, Denny's my two in terms of big board for the Pistons. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm just brazenly high on them. If, if if there was a team that said, "Look, we want Anthony Edwards, so we will give you the third, you know, the third pick or the fourth pick, and, and we'll throw in so and so." Sure, it, it, sure, because that means if you get the third pick, you're getting either of Killian or Denny. You're getting one or the other. I mean, and you could and you could get some value. You could get some value. I don't know if that's going to be a, a, a thing. I don't know if anyone's high enough. How? On, yeah, I was going to say how valuable is the number one pick this year? Right. Right. I don't know if anyone's high enough on that. Plus, I feel like there's going to be enough other teams trying to say, trade their unless, pick anyway. Unless if there's somebody at three that wants Anthony Edwards. And knows like, hey, maybe Detroit's not going to take him. But now I've got to worry about number two, him going. I need to move up and get him. That's the only. That's like the only way. It really is. This because this draft class, I think there's going to be some real good players out of it. But nothing strikes you as I have to have it. Not on draft day, right? Could this class end up being one of those classes you go back and be like, dang, like they were loaded and they didn't realize how talented this class is. Possible. I think this class has gotten better, honestly. I, I think it's definitely trending in the right direction in terms of is it good or bad. I, I agree. Think it's definitely trending I agree. That there, it's a better draft class than what was talked about at the beginning of the year. It's just right. at the very top. I mean, are the, is there a, like a mega star that a team would want to go get that number one pick for if you're not completely sold on it? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I'm in agreement. I, I think this draft has a lot of guys – First round level guys, I think the second round is kind of a crapshoot, but good teams find that player. There's always going to be some players in right. the second round that you can get. Good teams will find them. I think it's going to be a little bit harder this year. I think there's just not as much talent. But you know, real quick, you know, what I was thinking about as a wild card here into kind of our conversation and what you do with Brandon Knight. Where's uh, Debbie Servitas at at the end of this year? Yeah, what see, are the pistons? I, I know I get. I think I'm just for the timeline of if he comes over, he needs to be in the G League to get that experience too. But mm-hmm. I mean, I honestly I don't know how he's doing right now. What is he above? Is he ahead of schedule? Is he behind schedule? Is he just kind of on pace? Right. What What's the wild card with that look like? You yeah. Know, like I'm thinking, like they didn't draft it. They didn't trade a ton of assets to go get him for nothing. Okay. Yeah, they They have some sort of belief. There's in There's belief in a plan there. So how does that mess with everything in terms of roster construction and bringing back Brandon Knight? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, there's a lot of variables. I think, here. I think at at the most, Servitas is probably a guy that's in the G League next year at, at his best, if not overseas again. I like Brandon Knight. Like I've enjoyed watching him in a Piston uniform again because in my younger days I enjoyed watching Brandon Knight in his original stint as a Piston. But it's just hard to see a circumstance where there's a need for him on this roster 
when there actually is going to be a circumstance in which John Henson is worth a roster spot. That's just kind of where I am on that. I agree. I I agree. Gosh, I'm just looking through these uh, these different mock drafts. I mean, Denny's down at seven. I saw Denny as high as two last week. Looking at a, a CBS Sports one, he's, they've got him at seven and Killian Hayes at ten. Oh man, dude! If Killian Hayes is at ten, wow! Trade back then. I mean, my goodness! If 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 teams don't consider him to be a, a top three consideration, like that's not that's wild to me. Yeah, he's playing pro ball and doing a lot of great things and has gotten so much better throughout the season. It's crazy to me. I mean, the same the same thing is happening with Denny. He has gotten so much better yeah. in so many aspects throughout the season with the with his outside shooting, with his playmaking. Those are two guys that I, I I don't I don't know. Like if I was evaluating this draft class, it's Anthony Edwards, Killian Hayes, and Denny. And then sure, Tyrese Maxey and Obi Topin or however the hell you say his name. Uh, and, you know, there's a few other guys, but my top three are Edwards, Hayes, and Advia. Tyrese Halliburton is who they have Detroit taking at number four, the Iowa State point guard. That's another hurt. That's another guy that I continue to see mock to the Pistons. Yeah. Shoots the three ball well, 42%. Kind of has a weird shot form, though. I don't know if it's an NBA shot form. I don't know if it's something that works. I mean, I get that's kind of a weird thing to say, but just like with how long it takes to right. get off. The, the, the thing that's attractive about that that pick, 6'5 point guard, good defender, good length, it gives you some size at the point guard position. Shoots the three ball well. There's some intrigue there. Not not steering away from Killian Hayes or Denny because to me those are one two. Anthony Edwards doesn't even shoot the three ball well. You know that concerns me a little bit. I mean I think it's tough for him on a Georgia team that doesn't have a ton of offensive talent. He's kind of got to have got to be the guy and has to do a lot off the dribble. So I think that definitely drags his percentage down a little bit. But even if it drags it down. Six percent that would make him a thirty-one percent three-point shooter or whatever. He's he's like he's like like in the twenties. He might be twenty-nine percent three-point shooter. So maybe I would put him in the mid-thirties, which then's respectable. But it's passable for a rookie, a nineteen-year-old rookie in the NBA. Yeah, still, you got a guy like Luke that could strap it at the two. I think you're going point guard or you're going three man. And I know that what do you do with Seku? But then maybe Seku just becomes your four. And you got to figure it out. And you don't trade for Jared Allen. God, we're building the. I feel like every week we're building this team in a different we're way. We're just talking it through. We're but just see, that, talking that's what the front office should do. That, but this, we made this point last week that this offseason is so crucial. Yes, it is. For like every decision very much matters. May, not in terms of signing big name free agents and blowing your money. But in strategically placing players, right. that's and how are you going to have the free cap space for maybe potentially in the 2021 year signing a big name player, if possible, because you could have the money, like in putting the right young pieces around it, because you do ha- they have a lot of options. Mm-hmm. This team really does, and I like I really at least at this point, early March, I like Detroit to look at a point guard in this draft because they know they don't have a solidified point guard. And Sekou may be their solidified three-man. He may next year solidify himself as the three. He may also prove he's got to be a four. But we got we to gotta see it, right? And I could see Detroit saying, we need to take a point guard, solidify who our starting point guard is, which would then be Killian Hayes or, or, or Tyrese Halliburton. Um, Lamelo. 
Lamelo, please no. I'm not a Lamelo guy. I don't. I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't want it. I, I would not be for it. Just putting that out there. Even if he's a stud, I, I just don't think I'd be for it. But that's beyond the point. Get your point guard. Get your point guard because now you've got your point guard. You've got your shooting guard, and you just got to figure out if Sekou's your three or your four. And it may not even matter, depending moves that follow. But get that, get that locked up. In reality, Sekou could very much still be your four, and Christian Wood could still be your five. Because in reality, the Pistons are likely not going to be able to trade for Jared Allen. Right. That, that's 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 yeah. That, that's all a hypothetical. This is us again. Building out the team in different ways, just like we did last week with Spencer. But Dinwiddie that's and why Brandon it would be Ingram. nice to have size at other positions. To where, let's say you're small, you're small at the center position. If you've got good size across the board everywhere else, that helps kind of make up for that. I mean, the Rockets you know? are kind of showing you don't have to have a, a ginormous center. Right? Yeah, we'll see if that gets exposed in the playoffs, though. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm not saying that the Pistons have the, the, the recipe to go out and do that. The Rockets also have James Harden and Russell Westbrook, two yeah. very good basketball players that uh, certainly alleviate some of the different things that come with playing with a small ball five full mm-hmm. term. So, no, but... See, to me, like, this is kind of fun. Like, I enjoy taking the roster different ways, and I think it kind of puts light to how important this offseason is. This is the offseason where the Pistons really have to determine their true direction and their true identity. No, this is this is their setup offseason. Oh, yeah. This is their setup. This draft kind of is... It, the draft is huge. The draft is huge it's because huge. it will set up their offseason. If they draft a point guard, they need to address the wing. If they draft a wing... They need to address the point guard spot, and they need to, and to figure me, out. If to they, me, you don't need to go out. You don't need to go out and make a splash signing, though, because let's say you draft a point guard, then you're looking at whoever you draft: Luke Kennard, Seku, Christian Wood, and then probably Blake. Or if you trade Blake, like you got guys in place. So to me, there's no need to to go out and make any kind of big splash signing. There's nobody that's going to come in and, and start over your guys that you already have. Right now, if you don't trade for a five, you... It, it, heck, if you don't trade for a five, Sekou may start at the three, but then when you bench Blake, you may just slide Sekou four and run Svi out there as your three-man. Yes, you'd be a little undersized, but that's an option if you go point guard. Whereas, if you draft a three-man, right? Let's say you draft Denny then you just start Bruce Brown as your point guard. And you go Bruce, Luke, Denny, Sekou, or Blake. Or maybe you start Sekou and then Denny comes in as your three while you're dealing with Blake. That's why there's so many things that have to happen this offseason. Like, you call it the setup offseason. And it's not the setup then for next year. Because next year's not going to be a year of winning. And it shouldn't be. It should be a year of solidifying another pick. Where if you go... If you go point guard in this draft, then it allows you to go three or four man in the next draft, whichever Seku isn't. And if you go three or four man, you know, let's say you go three man in this draft, you take Denny, well, then it allows you next year to get your point guard. But it just makes sense it's such a point guard heavy class, especially in the top part of this draft. Get your point guard, unless if you decide to take Denny, because I am not opposed. Get your point guard, and then build from there. Right? That's kind of the direction that makes sense. Now, if you take Denny, of course, 
you got to look at getting a point guard next year. And maybe because everybody got their point guard this year, it allows you to capitalize on the best one available next. There's a thought process to that too. So different options, right? But at the end of the day, they cannot start making moves to try to start Tony Snell and two other veterans and go out and compete for an eight seed next year. Oh my gosh, you'd lose everybody. I don't think starting starting Tony Snell and uh, some other veterans really would constitute going for an eight seed, honestly. If you're starting Blake, you're starting Tony Snell, you go out and sign like a veteran five. Let's say you bring John Henson back and he's playing big minutes. Like, I don't know if that... You might not I, win. I'm not saying you're going to win, but you would be taking away... You'd be taking away. No, I agree. I agree with the point. In an I agree effort with the to point. compete, I still don't. I, honestly, the way I look at, I don't even think that's the lineup that can compete. To be it might not honest. be. It pro- it but no, I get be. you what your point is. I, I, and I agree. I just overall, I don't think that's a lineup that can compete. But anyway, no, the young guys need to need to be playing, and this really because this is the setup off season. Like it sets your entire direction. Okay, you went and got your point guard. Now you got to do this, this, and this. Okay, you went and took your wing. Now you got to go get your point guard next year. Sign and go sign a guy. Are you training? Like it just sets up so many things. Like I don't know. It's just really, really, really important and really crucial. And I'm worried about it. I'm very worried about it, boys. Me too. Very. I think if if the Pistons would have instilled some sort of confidence in themselves to us at the trade deadline it would be a little bit of a different story but they did the exact opposite and that's why I'm concerned so yeah it's a pretty big offseason and I don't know how much I trust this franchise to make the correct decisions it's, it's, it's a little scary at times you know but we'll see what Detroit does you know another thing just to uh, talk about we were talking about things before the pod you know we kind of come to our closing segments here we've talked a little bit about Luke Kennard and Derek Rose both of them right now injured and the question becomes should Detroit play either of those guys again this season should D Rose or Luke Kennard suit up again in the Pistons remaining games yes or no the way I see it I think that you should sit Derek Rose for the rest of the season one he gets hurt a lot so there's no reason to play him the rest of the season when you're already losing. Two, you don't want him picking you up a win or two. So rest him. Just let him get healthy, whatever. I think Luke's a guy that needs to get back on the court. He hasn't been on the court now since December. That's a long time, and he's young. He needs to at least get his legs under him so that next year he's not getting back into it after missing nearly a full year. Uh, so I think Luke needs to get back out on the court if he's 100%. If he's not 100%, then you might actually have some real questions to ask yourself about the validity of him being a, a long-term option for you. If if tendonitis is what's keeping him out for a, nearly a full season and, and he's continuing to spend a lot of time on, you know, on the bench not able to play. But it sounds like Luke's getting there and should be back any day now. So I would be bringing him back. I would be playing him. I think it's important that he gets that rust off and tries to build some chemistry with the new look roster. You know, Christian Wood and Svee, you know, Seku, those kind of guys. And I think he needs to be out there. I think it's important for his development. Derek Rose, on the other hand, you know, you know what you're going to get out of him, whether he's on your team or not. Uh, at the end of the, or at the start of next year, he just doesn't need to be on the court this year. 
Agree with about Derrick Rose. Um, shut him down. He's done. Let him get healthy. Let him rest up. We're good. Shut him down. Luke Kennard, I'm honestly very concerned about that whole situation. Like you said, Aaron, he hasn't been in since December. Um, and it seems like this keeps getting prolonged. Right. He's going to be back here. No, we're going to push it back. Okay, he's going to be back here. But that, that time comes, nope, it's going to be another week or what. And it just keeps getting prolonged. That worries me a lot about his knee. So if he's 100% and they're absolutely sure of it, yes, get out there, get him some run, get his legs back underneath him, let him play more with Christian Wood, let him get to know Seku on the court. Crucial. I completely agree. But if he's not healthy, if they're not 100% sure, I can't justify putting him out there. Mm-hmm. Injuring him further, especially if they do if they do plan for him to be a long-term piece right. of this franchise. Well, and the thing becomes, you know, if Luke Kennard's a guy that you might want to consider trading, let's say you end up with that number one pick and you go, man, I don't know how we pass up on Anthony Edwards, right? Then Luke's a guy that you got to be able to put on the trading market and, and it would be real nice for him to get 10, 12 games under his belt here at the end of the year to show like, man, he came back, he played well and increased his value enough that teams go, yeah, we'll take a chance on him. We know he was hurt for a while last year, but he came back strong. He looks good. Medical reports, you know, all hold up. All right, we're good. Let's do it, right? So there's some value in getting him back on the floor, whether it is to build some chemistry with guys or if it's to uh, to give you an opportunity to maybe trade him or at least explore that option. I don't know if Anthony Edwards helps you take a step forward as a franchise because then you're like still stuck at like your same positional status. Like you still are missing some key pieces within your lineup. But if that's what Detroit decides, then you're going to have to move Luke. Maybe moving Luke allows you to solidify a person at a different position. Maybe you get a point guard in return or a three-man in return that you're pretty high on or four-man, whatever, right? So there's some options and opportunities there, but... At the end of the day, I think it's important you get him back. To me, Derrick Rose, like, yeah, I got no problem with you guys saying, yeah, shut him down. Would I be upset if Derrick Rose played again this year? No, it really it doesn't move the meter. Like, if he does, he does, whatever. But I'm perfectly okay with shut him down, get him rest, don't injure him further, and then, again, allows you to have some flexibility with what you want to do with D. Rose come the offseason. So that's one of those. I'd be okay either way. Yeah, there's, just, there's just no reason to play him. There's no reason to. So I, I think it'd be stupid of the team to bring him back. I mean, he had a great, great was it a grade two ankle sprain? I think so. I and think so. Reggie Jackson, you know, missed a lot of time with the grade, grade three, and it took him some time to get back into form. Obviously, so I don't think you really want to mess around with ankle sprains, especially on a guy that's had plenty of leg and ankle injuries throughout his career. It's fair enough. So I, I just think, look, your season is done. Do not bring him out there. It would just be another one of those decisions where it's just like, why? What yeah, is telling you, know, you to make that the decision? The only thing would be is if it's to to answer some questions on his health coming off. So he's like, oh, yeah, he came back. He played. You know, I think healthy. that's a little bit different. You know, With Blake, it was, you know, it's an it's a long-term injury where he has to have surgery. Rose's injury isn't something where he has to have surgery. And it's a four-month injury like right. Griffin, you know, is out, who's out long-term. I, that's the difference. Fair enough. Fair enough. Boys, anything else we... Uh, we missed we need to discuss before closing up the pod this week i think we hit on a lot it was another fun week building the pistons roster out um again probably none of this happens 
Is Spencer Dinwiddie going to be a Piston? Probably not. Is Jared Allen going to be a Piston? Probably not. Is Brandon Ingram going to be a Piston? Almost certainly not. But it's fun anyways. I do hope Killian Hayes is a Piston eventually, but... I enjoy this kind of talk, Give especially when the team is, it, it, you know, the Encore product right now is not something that's too fun to talk about. Yeah. you got to do something. Gives you some you hope, you got to do something. Something to think about. Well, with that being said, you know the drill, palaceofpistons.com. You can check out all of our great content there, of course, the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Podbean, Stitcher, everywhere. Subscribe, like it, share it, throw a review out there if you'd like. Let us know your thoughts on this Pistons team and you know continue the great interaction that we get. Of course, right now, the Pistons, not a fun team to talk about the current product that's out on the floor, but when you start thinking about things they can continue to do, and it's a little bit more fun now. You know, I feel like we get to this point, we have gotten to this point. Uh, last year we got to it, year before we were talking about it. Like At the end of the day, it, it becomes uh, now the Pistons are actually rebuilding. For a while, it was man. We'll be, but we know what they're going to do. And now we're talking about a team that like is trying to go from an eight seed to maybe a six seed. Like it, it's sometimes hard to get as excited about that and as juiced. And and now you really get to look at a team that's that's going in a new direction. That's young. That's a totally new look roster. And at least you've got some nice core pieces in place. And you should have a nice draft pick to pair with that uh, in June. So. Some positive things to look forward to, some positive energy, hopefully, and we can continue to at least give our thoughts, ideas, and see what Detroit actually does uh, as we approach the offseason. But with that being said, appreciate the listen, appreciate all of the, the support, the follows, the likes, and all that good stuff, and we'll see you next time here on the Palace of Pistons podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.